eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, November 12th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. All right, a lot to get into, Jay Book. Let's start with, man, this is fun. <laughs> this is just so much fun. We can, like, we'll, we'll get in all the nuts and bolts, but every game is a playoff game right now. I mean, if the Buckeyes win out, they're in. If they lose any games, they're out. Every game's a playoff game. This is just so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like a mini playoff. Every game matters. This is what you have to love about college football because the stakes are so high for everyone right now. There's very little room for error. And this this slate of games coming up for Ohio State, they have to take it one game at a time. But my goodness, it in order for them to get to their goals, it's going to take a magnificent effort from everyone in the program because they by far have the hardest slate of games consecutive than anyone else in college football. You look at the SEC towards the end of the season before rivalry week, that's when they pencil in some of those cupcake games. And the way you look at it now, I, I don't blame them. I see why the SEC loves to have those, those cupcake games at the end of the schedule because Purdue is going to be a handful. They are the, uh, the spoiler makers, a team that has shown that they have the ability to play at a very high level. And obviously Michigan, Michigan State back to back. Those are going to be uh, hard hitting affairs there. I just hope a house that has enough in the tank, uh, enough healthy bodies down the stretch here to get through it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it's going to be a gauntlet. I'm still confident they're going to run this gauntlet successfully, but man, it's going to be tough. Um, Let's look ahead to tomorrow. Purdue at Ohio State, as you mentioned, 3.30. It'll be televised on ABC. You know, boil, the, the Boilermakers, as you mentioned, the Spoilermakers are real. I mean, number 19 in the country. The thing is, though, now they have Ohio State's attention. If they didn't already because of what happened three years ago in 2019 when Purdue won 40 to, 49 to 20, they certainly have Ohio State's attention now being number 19 in the country, already having knocked off two top three teams this year. What is your level of concern tomorrow, one through ten? I'll put it at a six because this Purdue team, they have shown that they can be dangerous. And one of their strengths is 
stretching the ball down the field, throwing it. Um, even though the defense has been remarkably better, there are moments where they have shown that they are still susceptible to getting picked apart. You saw it uh, in the Penn State game with Sean Clifford. He can throw the ball, and I think this Purdue quarterback is much better. You look at he, you look and see that he threw for 500 yards against Michigan State. They have arguably uh, the third best wide receiver in the Big Ten, and David Bell behind Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And David Bell, he's he's going to try to get his. It's going to be a heck of a battle for Denzel Burke, the true freshman, and Cam Brown to try to slow him down. He's one of those guys that if he catches on fire, he can have a monster day. And the other thing that concerns me about this is the Ohio State offensive line. What are they going to do after two subpar games against Penn State and Purdue where they were – or I'm sorry, Penn State and Nebraska where they struggled to run the ball? Um, as far as picking up the short yardage, moving guys, blown assignments up front, pre-snap penalties, where are they going to be come Saturday? That's kind of been the talk and the theme around the Ohio State football program is the regression of the offensive line lately. It's been a talk with the coaching staff and in interviews about how, you know, the offensive line issues are throwing the offense off track. So I'm curious to see if they were able to try to get some of those issues cleaned up this week in practice. All right, as we do every Friday, let's give our predictions right now. Sometimes we do it at the beginning of the show, sometimes the end. We're going to do right in the middle today. So the Buckeyes are favored by 20. What's your final score prediction for tomorrow? I have it Ohio State 31-21. I think this is going to be another battle, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you look at what Ohio State, kind of where they're at right now, the offense is kind of stuck in neutral. Um, they're able to rack up ungodly amount of yards. Uh, struggling in the red zone to score. Uh, and you look at this Purdue team, they're going to be able to score. I think Ohio State have, like I mentioned earlier, they've done a really good job getting the defense turned around, especially the pressure up front. But I just think with Purdue, they're probably, you're probably looking at a Purdue team that's going to throw the ball at least 50 times. I don't think they can run the football in Ohio State. And with them being able to throw that many times, there's going to be a play where they they have a busted coverage or they get theirs. It's just going to be a matter of can Ohio State's offense score in the red zone? And if they can, the game has the potential to get out of hand. Now, Las Vegas is deeming it's a three-score game. They, they're they not just setting that line out there, you know, just for, for laughs. They want people to jump on it for a reason. They do believe that Ohio State has the potential to blow this game wide open. But right now, the last two weeks, from what I've seen from Ohio State, this may be a little bit closer than what we want. I hear you. What's funny is a lot of times our like I'll, I'll jot down my prediction, my score before I ask you, and a lot of times it's like almost identical. Like it's I don't think it's ever been identical, but a lot of times it's it's extremely close. I, not the case this week, my friend. I have Ohio State forty five, Purdue twenty. Here's the thing. I have a lot of respect for this Purdue team. I feel like they're playing at Ohio, uh, playing Ohio State at a bad time. They, they have Ohio State's attention. This is, I'm not buying this as a trap game for Ohio State because Purdue's been really good this year against good teams. And, again, I mean, what happened three years ago, that I'm sure that's, be, that's the last time these two programs have played. But, again, Purdue is a good team, and you could be right. But I have this one 45 to 20. I feel like Purdue's going to be able to move the ball. There's no doubt that they're – going to be able to throw the ball in this Ohio State defense. But, you know, we'll see. Can they cash it in for touchdowns? You know, can O'Connell, um, you know, can Ohio State get enough pressure on him to force mistakes? I think Ohio State's defense will force enough mistakes. I like Ohio State winning and covering 45 to 20. 
All right, moving on. You mentioned the offensive line. What's going on with this O-line, man? I mean, I thought this would be the best O-line in the country. You know, I, I still think it has potential to be that, but what, what are you seeing? What's going on with this O-line? What's the problem? Yeah, when you have a situation where you – when you have four tackles on the offensive line, they're struggling uh, when it comes to the run game. Obviously, they're doing a, a pretty good job when it comes to pass blocking, but one, the pre-snap penalties, it's it's – ridiculous right now and it's starting to get out of hand so they definitely need to clean those up but when it comes to the run game they're just losing their leverage I mean you see guys crossing their face the communication when it comes to odd fronts has been off there teams are starting to get a beat on what Ohio State's trying to do in the run game wise you saw Penn State just completely selling out Nebraska the same way and teams are going to continue to mimic until Ohio State can start to switch it up. You saw a little bit of wrinkle there in the Nebraska game where C.J. Stroud kept the ball on one of the reads, and they started running the little read option there. And that's a wrinkle just to say, hey, we have to find a way to get on the perimeter there. But I think you're seeing Paris Johnson struggle a little bit there at the right guard position when it comes to the run game as well as Thayer Mumford. So if those guys can get it cleaned up, which I think they can. I mean, they've shown that they can play at an elite level. It's just that right now, for whatever reason, they are struggling. And I think part of the problem is having four tackles. When you have guards, you know, in college, their body is built a certain way. Guards are designed to come fire off the football with steam coming from their nose. And their sole job is to try to bulldog somebody in the run game. Tackles, you, you're kick setting. You're trying to protect the quarterback. Your specialty is defending uh, the pass rush there. So with the four guards or with the four tackles there, they're having a little bit of issues when they're going against better defensive fronts. We saw it against Oregon. We saw it against Penn State. And we saw it against Nebraska, the three best teams that they face uh, on their schedule with the front seven that's able to kind of match up with them on the inside. They've had their issues with Purdue. I don't know if Purdue has the horses to be able to do it, but if you put enough stuff on film, to where other teams can start to get a beat on it, then all bets are off because if, if Ryan Day is not switching it up and mixing it up and uh, keeping those guys playing on their heels, then they're just going to continue to sell out. And I know you've mentioned it several times when it comes to C.J. Stroud running. They're not respecting his ability to run the ball. Even if he does keep it on the read here and there, it almost seems like he's kind of unorthodox when he runs. The bottom falls out a little bit and he stumbles and he's, you know, he may get eight or nine yards, which is great. You need that. You need to get it on field to pick up the first down at times. But I think that teams are just completely selling out on the running backs with the lack of quarterback run threat. On the flip side, Ohio State's defensive line is fantastic right now. They're playing like I thought they would. What are you seeing out of this D line? I mean, guys like Tyreek Smith are stepping up. Zach Harrison's now stepping up. Tyleek Williams might have been in the doghouse. You know, Ryan Day had some interesting comments yesterday saying there were some things going on. Haskell Garrett's been a little banged up. That's why he's been – his snaps have been limited. But other guys have stepped up like Teron Vincent and Antoine Jackson, guys that I thought might be just guys, even though Teron Vincent was the number one D-tackle recruiting the country four years ago. Hadn't played like that at all. But, man, he's playing good. Antoine Jackson's playing good. Got Jerron Cage in there. This entire defensive line is now playing like I thought it would, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see, Dave. You The defensive line right now, they're tied for first in college football in sacks with 34, and it's really starting to come on. I mean, you're seeing games 
down these last several stretches where they're getting four and five sacks a game. They're creating turnovers. They're creating pressures. You watch that Nebraska first half there. They had Nebraska in third and long so many times early on in that first half. And the pressure that was Taylor Martinez was seeing was creating him. It was creating issues to where he was throwing off his back foot. Balls were selling. Balls were hitting the dirt. And that is a result of the defensive line pinning their ears back and really getting after it. And I'm happy to see Tyree Smith and Zach Harrison starting to play at a high level, especially Tyree Smith. He has been on an absolute rampage. Now, if we can get the Big Ten refs to throw a flag for holding here and there, we'll, we'll be right. we really will be in some business because, I mean, it, it, all you need to do is just create a montage of how many times Tyreek Smith is held and, and send it into the Big Ten office. And it would be a, you know, an hour long movie because this kid gets clothesline. He gets his jersey grabbed. It doesn't matter. He's not going to get a call, but it's not stopping him. He's still coming full steam ahead and then you just have those veteran guys starting to really play at that level that you were expecting and you combine that with the younger guys starting to play at a high level well those guys have been playing they've been playing great football all season long so when you combine the two with the veterans and the younger guys this defensive line is hell on wheels right now to close the show, let's look at the back seven. I feel like the linebackers are really coming on. I mean, Steel Chambers is the best linebacker on this team. I and mean, for Ryan Day to say, even if we would have lost the, or even if we would have won the toss, we would have taken the ball because we wanted, you know, to have more possessions in the first half because Steel Chambers was suspended for the first half of that game because of that targeting penalty, ridiculous targeting penalty in the Penn State game. Man, that says a lot right there that you're going to change up how you usually do it. Usually you would defer. But, you know, we're going to take the ball because of Steel Chambers. It turns out it didn't matter. Nebraska won the toss. They deferred, so Ohio State got the ball. But, man, that, that speaks volumes right there. So, Steel Chambers, um, he's really coming on. I feel like Cody Simon has been up and down, but I like him overall. I feel like he's a solid linebacker, and, and you know, he, I feel like he's got a high ceiling as well, Jay Book. Tommy Eichenberg's a guy early on in the season. I was like, come on, this guy's not an Ohio State linebacker. He's improved. I feel like, you know, those three guys, you know, are doing a solid job right now. You know, the back, you look at the secondary, you know, your former positions. Um, I like the corners right now. I like Cam Brown. I like Denzel Burke as the starters. I like Seven Banks as that number third, that number three corner. I feel like safety is a weakness right now. Um, just I want to get your thoughts on the back seven. What do you what do you see from the linebackers and the DBs right now? Yeah, and um, let's start with Al Washington because early on in the season, his linebacking room was an absolute mess. And he was getting criticized, rightfully so, because the play was not up to Ohio State standards. You even had guys like James Laurinaitis and Josh Perry and Darren Lee. All of those guys were saying this is not Ohio State linebacker caliber unit right now. And as time progressed, those guys have gotten better. So tip of the cap to Al Washington who's sticking in there and, and getting his guys to play at a high level because I like the way Steel Chambers just plays. He is just a natural-born football player. Doesn't have a lot of game experience on that side of the ball, but I tell you, I think he is the best Ohio State linebacker. He's just so natural at it. It's see football, go get football. He doesn't overthink it. He makes plays every time he's on the field. And then Eichenberg, he, the thing with him is he was getting himself so out, out of position early on in the season that it was creating huge running lanes. And that's kind of settled down. Cody Simon, he's playing solid. 
Uh, he's doing a much better job, especially in his pass coverage there. And then you look at the back end there, the two, the, the corners with Cam Brown and Denzel Burt, they have the, the highest rating when it comes to uh, Big Ten cornerback duos, according to Pro Football Focus. So those guys are playing at a ridiculous level. And you look at um, Denzel Burke, the guy hasn't allowed a touchdown over 20 yards all season. For a true freshman who's playing that well this early on in his career, that tells me this, this kid will be poised to the NFL. He's a three-and-done guy. Cam Brown, having him opposite of Burke playing at this level is critical for this run because if you can have two lockdown corners, this allows you to do so much more on the defense because – you don't have to worry about those guys holding up in case you have in case you want to send a blitz for pressure. You see Matt Barnes is able to start dialing up more pressure because they're trusting their corners to be able to hold the fort down on the island. And they've they've done a, a great job. You mentioned the safeties. That's the weak spot there. Um, I would love to see what this defense would look like if they still had Josh Proctor back there. Uh, but the safeties, that's where guys are starting to target. I think Lathan Ransom is having uh, a down year compared to what he was at last year. I thought last year uh, he really flashed this year. He's just been kind of all over the place. I'm not so sure that he's not playing out of position. I think he may be better on the back end. Um, as opposed to, you know, playing closer to the line of scrimmage in the safety position. But I just think that the defense is playing so much better, so much better. You're not – yes, they'll give up their big plays here and there, uh, but for the most part, they're keeping everything in front of them. And with the emergence of the defensive line, that is big time because if you want to win out during this stretch, you got to be stout up front. That front seven has to be rock solid. And if they are and they're creating pressure, it's going to make the secondary look so much better. If you watch that Nebraska game, there were a lot of times where the coverage was, was locked down at Martinez. He didn't have anywhere to go with the football, and that created the defensive front to be able to really get after him. So it's playing unison football. And it, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because when you look at Purdue, you look at um, Michigan State, you look at Michigan. These are all three teams that can move the football. Michigan may be more of a ground and pound, but those other teams, they're they have offenses that can put up points. And the fact that the defense is playing their best football in November when you want them to be playing their best football that is going to give Ohio State uh, more than enough opportunity to win out and get into the playoffs. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's try the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.